Asia Pacific Currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. All views of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents this Saturday, the 1st of May. Happy International Workers' Day. Happy May Day, Pierre. Good morning, Giselle. That's right. And we shall not be moved as that um, song went from Solidarity Breakfast. So, uh, yes, happy May Day to everyone listening. Um, and Do- actually, Australia is actually one of the first countries, apart from New Zealand and the Pacific Islanders, to celebrate May Day every year. So there you go. Oh, you mean from a time zone from point a time, of view, not yes. historically. Not historically or, 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 or politically <laughs> or, or whatever, but uh, yes, yes. I think, I think we should also acknowledge that it's not really a happy May Day for everyone and for all the workers around the world. Um, and consistent with what Pierre said about... Um, Asia or or the Pacific rather being first uh, in relation to time zones. Um, in the coming weeks, we'll bring you the reports from the May Days across the region because obviously for most of them, they haven't had their rallies. But we do know that our comrades in Turkey, in Bangladesh, in Pakistan, in India are gearing up for their rallies today. Particular thoughts with the Indian comrades because uh, they're in just such a, a serious um, situation with COVID and many of them will be breaking lockdown laws to, to get out today and I imagine there'll be some arrests. Uh, and also in, in uh, Turkey, there's actually a, a, a new uh, total lockdown, so which just happens to coincide with for May Day, but... Uh, Yes, that will see. It'll be very interesting how that uh, what happens there. But um, anyway, there are two May Day rallies uh, this weekend in uh, in Melbourne, uh, and I think there's one uh, one at least, another one in Bendigo, and then other cities. But we'll just say the ones in in Melbourne. We will advertise that, and later in the program, we'll have a very brief discussion about why um, many of you that are following this debate online and in social media will know that AAWL um, is not only a supporter but one of the instigators of May Day on the 1st of May and the May 1st movement. Uh, We know that there is a lot of misinformation circulating about how that came to be. So as one of the key organisers of today's event, uh, Pierre, I'm happy to answer questions and um, explain what has happened over the last 15 years, actually, uh, in relation to May Day on the 1st of May. Maybe maybe even a bit longer, but anyway, we'll go through that. So, what's the? We've got a short interview uh, uh, today. We've got a short speech by Lek Yimpraset, but maybe maybe Pierre, we can focus on the May Day discussion. I'm not sure. We'll we'll wing it, shall right. we? We've All never right. we'll wung it before on this show, and let's see how we go today <laughs> on May Day. And as uh, Giselle was saying, we have never wung it. Pierre's eyes just roll backwards <laughs> yeah, twice. That's right. But anyway, we'll go straight to the news. Oh, and of course, Asia Pacific Currency is brought to you by. Australia Asia Worker Links, as I said, one of the instigators of the May 1st movement. Um, if you want to get in touch with AAWL, you can find us on the web or the w's.aawl.org.au. We're on Facebook and Twitter, so look us up on those social media platforms. And you're listening to 3CR Radio, who the, your favourite community radio station, and thanks to Solidarity Breakfast, uh, the program before us for another interesting uh, 
set of events. And of course, Radiothon is coming up. I'm not too sure exactly, but I think it's next month. And uh, it's really, really important to donate money. Can you see? Uh, yeah, it is. It's in June. I'm that's just right. looking at Fantastic. it now. Fantastic. All right. We'll go to our news uh, item. Over to you, Giselle. Absolutely. We'll start with uh, a tragedy in Baghdad where a fire has killed um, scores of people in that hospital. Last weekend, an oxygen cylinder used in the COVID-19 ward of the Ibn Khatib Hospital in the Diyala Bridge area of Baghdad exploded, igniting a fire. Due to the hospital not having a working fire protection system, of course, why wouldn't you have a working fire protection system? Coupled with the existence of false ceilings, the fire spread rapidly, overwhelming many floors. In the end, the fire killed 90 patients and visitors while injuring many more. And not to mention the workers that were killed. The, this tragedy sparked big demonstrations as many Iraqis saw this disaster as another sign of the incompetence and corruption of the country's leadership. While Prime Minister Khadami suspended the Health Minister Hassan El-Tamimi pending an investigation, many Iraqis not only called out for his sacking, but also for him to stand trial for mass murder. Terrible situation there. And we go to another... Uh, terrible situation to India where during the last week as a lot of people would have seen in the news the pandemic in India has continued to worsen with confirmed cases of COVID-19 infection closing in toward, closing in towards 400,000 a day daily deaths are also increasing are now well over 3,000 a day now nevertheless uh, health workers all agree that the real numbers are much higher as the public health system is now working above its capacity in other words it's uh, close to collapse and many millions of Indians live in uh, slums uh, urban slums or villages totally outside the reach of the health system while the national government of Prime Minister Modi continues to downplay the crisis and threatens to jail any critics the economic situation is having an increasingly dire effect on workers many sectors of the economy are grinding to a halt due to increasing restrictions and lockdowns while millions of migrant workers are leaving the cities once again out of fear of the pandemic or the fear of being stranded there with no food or money as occurred last year during the national lockdown and I think this really shows you the the vice, uh, the pincer grip, really, that workers in many countries um, face when the COVID pandemic struck. Is uh, They are really often at the front line of being affected by the health crisis, but then also by the economic crisis that uh, um, engulfs the country. And in Palestine, the last week has seen many Palestinian demonstrations and clashes with security forces in the old city of Jerusalem, with hundreds of Palestinians wounded and at least 50 others arrested. These protests started earlier this month when Palestinians were prevented by COVID-19 barriers from gathering outside the Damascus Gate of Jerusalem's old city at the end of the daily Ramadan fast. The situation escalated last Thursday week when hundreds of Jewish extremists from the ultra-nationalist Lahava group marched towards this gate chanting death to Arabs. While authorities have now removed the barricades and tensions have subsided, the strength of the protest by the Palestinian youths indicates widespread simmering anger among Palestinians against their continued marginalisation and a lack of leadership from their established political organisations. I will also say that... Um, 
this weekend for many Arab Christians is Easter, um, particularly those that follow the Orthodox tradition. So we might see, uh, you know, I think it's important to say that Palestinians are not just Muslims and think we can sometimes get caught up in some stereotypes about that. But I imagine there will be some um, clashes, clashes with the Arabs this um, weekend that aren't uh, Muslim related, but also historically religious. And, of course, tensions, I don't know if you heard about tensions have gone up again because uh, yesterday the Palestinian Authority themselves, the PLO, uh, President Abbas, has actually cancelled the elections. Um, that were called only two weeks prior. <laughs> yes, yes, and that has actually led to a lot of anger on the streets because, um, I mean, he's used an excuse that the voting couldn't be done in Jerusalem, but a lot of Palestinians see that as a way to continue their really unauthorised hold on, on power because there is such discontent among the Palestinians uh, against their own leadership. Um, so it'll be interesting what the um, uh, Palestine Remembered uh, program afterwards uh, will comment. So we urge people to keep listening. Uh, my next story is we go to Thailand where um, a bit of, bit of good news, a bit of good news, um, um, temporary good news. Uh, last weekend, four activists who had been arrested under the draconian Lesmages law in Thailand were released on bail. Two of them are leaders of the anti-government movement, Jatupat Bun Patarangaksa and uh, Somyot Pruksa Kamsem Suk. Uh, who were in Bangkok jails while another two activists were released from prisons in the northern city of Chiang Mai. And, of course, regular listeners would know that um, we've interviewed someone before, we've campaigned for him. It's not the first time he's been in jail, unfortunately. And um, and also, but while I've said uh, both of these were arrested, both of these uh, leaders were arrested under Les Majest Law. They've actually um, got a number of other very um, uh, serious charges against them, as if Les Majest is not enough, because Les Majest for listeners, it's a, really a law that you ca- cannot be defended in court. Um, Jatupat and Somyot were released on a bail of 200,000 baht each, which is a bit over. Uh, 6,000 US dollars with the conditions that they do not participate in activities that are damaging to the monarchy and do not leave the country. Nine other leading activists remain in jail under the Les Majest law and have been repeatedly denied bail. Now, because of this, two of the activists, Parit and Panu Saya, have been on a hunger strike um, respectively for 40 and 26 days each. And early this week, one of these leading activists, Chukyat Justin Sangwong, tested positive to COVID-19 while in jail. So um, really the conditions are deteriorating in Thailand as, as well. And uh, in a country where conditions are further deteriorating, we'll go to the Philippines where uh, now food charities have uh, started to be red tagged. The continuing COVID-19 pandemic and associated restrictions and lockdowns have had devastating effects for many working class Filipinos. And we should also remember that while there are so many border restrictions, there are probably millions upon millions of Filipino workers stranded in um, or outside of their country. This month especially, hundreds if not thousands of small charitable grocery booths have started up in the working class areas all around the Philippines to donate free food to needy families and people. 
Unfortunately, in the same last couple of weeks, members of the country's military and police forces have accused members of this food distribution outlets of being communists and or fellow travellers. This red tagging has had a chilling effect on many people as assassinations of anti-government activists or anyone deemed expendable by paramilitary death squads has continued unabated throughout this pandemic. So, of course... Now these people are closing down their food booths because uh, they're scared of being murdered. Um, look, it's it's just chilling, really. It's it's uh, words really fail us, I think, in in the end. And um, uh, just uh, to our last item, we go to next door to Malaysia from the Philippines, um, where Fami Reza, a Malaysian artist, was arrested last weekend under Malaysia's sedition and communication laws for allegedly insulting that country's queen. Fami's crime was to upload a public Spotify playlist of songs that contained the word jealousy, a reference to comments that the Queen had made in response to a question about her getting a very early COVID-19 vaccination. Um, um, say, Let's say she made it to the front of the queue. Um, Fami's arrest comes uh, amid increasing concerns from Labour and human rights groups over a crackdown on dissent under Prime Minister Muhyiddin Yassin. Malaysia is currently under a six-month emergency rule since mid-January after the Prime Minister was able to convince the King to suspend civil liberties over the COVID-19 pandemic. And I think this is another case of how um, authoritarian regimes and other governments are using COVID-19 to suppress our rights. So... So uh, that is the end of news from around the region. We're going to go to some community announcements and then we'll come back and have a little chat about uh, the two May Days that I appreciate everybody is asking about. I think it's important and necessary to have debates on the left. And if we've got time, we'll hear from Lek Yimpraset. And I I promise that next week I'll try to have uh, a few more optimistic stories. Australia is a crime scene. It's unfinished business, this crime. People don't understand that it was a military exercise. It was military in the first fleet. It was Captain James Cook. It was Captain Arthur Phillip. Right through the history of Australia, it's a military exercise. Our people have suffered greatly because the white man is not prepared to act honourably and legally. Still the case in this country today. This is 3CR. Fifteen minutes past or sixteen minutes past nine o'clock. You're on Community Radio Three CR. This is Asia Pacific Currents with Giselle and Pierre. Well, Giselle, before we start our little May Day chat, do you want to announce the the times for both of the May Day? Absolutely, uh, absolutely. So there is a rally and march today, uh, the first of May at twelve thirty, starting at Trades Hall. Um, this is a march organised by the May 1st movement and the May 1st movement exists in Victoria and New South Wales for a very similar reason, which is to shift the date of the rally to the 1st of May, consistent with what is happening right across the world. 
Tomorrow, the traditional May Day Committee's March, which is held on the Sunday after May Day every year, is being held again at Trades Hall at 1.30. So those are the two May Day events. It's a May Day weekend for those of you who are both traditionalists and fighters for a better world for workers. And um, I think quite a number of people will probably go to both. So I, I will be one of them. That's right. That's right. And um, and look, I think there's um, – look, I can ask some questions. I mean, the the, the reality is that um, the May Day Committee as the traditional – we'll call them traditionalists because they've been around, um, I don't know, 60 years or whatever, a long, long time. I, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, their idea is that one of their demands is to call for a public holiday on the 1st of May. And so they won't, and their rationale is they won't hold a 1st of May rally uh, until it's, it's the 1st of May is called a public holiday. That's true. That is what May Day Committee says is their reason. I... A number of activists in the left have a few problems with that. The first one is this idea of making the demand and saying, therefore, until you grant us a public holiday, we're not going to march on that day, is actually anti-fighting. The way that you win a public holiday is you fight for it and actually just take it. The second problem a number of activists have with that demand is that while it's a demand, there's been no organising around it. So it's a latent demand. Um, if, if it was a genuine, authentic demand, there would be it would feature as a demand on, on the list of Mayday Committee's demands, which it isn't. Um, it would be something that we talked about in the movement. It would, would be something that we mobilised around independently, which we don't. It was never a part of any of the work choices or... It, it's just not a part of the workers' movement, this demand of having a public holiday on the 1st of May. So as as a reason to not have May Day on the 1st of May, it actually operates as a block rather than a, a way forward. Yeah, look, that's right. And uh, I... And I agree. Well, and I think that's that's no reason because especially a lot of times, first uh, of May does fall on a, on a weekend anyway. And the fact that they uh, didn't want to move the march to today. Well, I just is... want to confront that, Pierre, right. because um, it is true that May Day falls on a weekend this year. So the natural instinct of activists is to say, oh, well, it's on a weekend. Why don't you have it? But even when the first of May is on a Sunday, The May Day Committee does not organise the May Day Rally on the 1st of May. The tradition is that it falls on the Sunday after the 1st of May, which actually means an historic record shows, and I think the last time this happened was 2016, that May Day is on the 8th of May. So actually this weekend argument is... has no historic precedent. Actually, May Day Committee, it now exists for May Day Committee as a position not to march on the 1st of May. Look, and that's and that's very unfortunate because, as you mentioned, I mean, we're Australia-Asia Worker Links. Um, we are a regional organisation. And all around the region, um, this situation um, does not occur. Um, people, you either march on the 1st of May or you don't. Now, I also want to I want to let listeners know that 
AAWL and Worker Solidarity, though Worker Solidarity is only three years old, has been having conversations with Mayday Committee for 15 years. So I, I think it's important that that record is also corrected. We went to Mayday Committee, we've sat on Mayday Committee, we've talked about the importance of having the rally on the 1st of May. For many years, we accepted defeat on that. So our next position that we put to Mayday Committee was that we have an event on the 1st of May. AAWL organised a, a, a small rally outside the eight-hour monument for years on the 1st of May to read international solidarity statements. It didn't clash with the May Day march. It wasn't a march. It wasn't anything. We asked May Day Committee to put that event in their calendar. May Day Committee refused. AAWL continued to organise that event, continued to talk with May Day Committee. So I just want to make it clear that it wasn't this lack of unity, causing a clash, causing a fight. We spent 15 years negotiating with Mayday Committee. Mayday Committee said nothing other than tradition. We put arguments to Mayday Committee that the tradition of the 1st of May outdates the tradition of the first Sunday in May and we were laughed out of the room. So we... we tr- Worker Solidarity started this the, the May 1st movement, picking up where AAWL didn't quite leave off, but um, where AAWL is at. Um, we, we commenced conversations with the MUA, with the May 1st movement, with Worker Solidarity in Sydney, with the RTBU here, and we proposed a public meeting. Mayday Committee was in that public meeting. Mayday Committee participated in that meeting. That meeting demonstrated the momentum in the workers' movement for a rally in March on the 1st of May. From there, we announced the rally in March. And now it appears that we didn't do the work or we didn't uh, have the political integrity to consult with our comrades. It's just not true. It just is not true. Yeah, and look, and um, and also uh, someone who's been around 30 years and whatever, um, there's actually been other attempts. There's been other, other organisations, other uh, uh, united fronts that have actually had rallies, uh, organised organize events on the 1st of May in Melbourne over the years. There have been lots and lots of attempts. So it's not like this has come out from nowhere, like, like you said. Uh, but maybe you can also, for the people who might not be um, uh, on top of a lot of the issue about the May 1st movement in Sydney that's actually been around a few years um, now and it's actually started from the unions themselves. That's right. We we actually, in, in the public meeting, we said that it started in 2018 and we were very, very immediately corrected by the Secretary of the MUA New South Wales branch. Um, the uh, They have been working towards um, a rally and march on the 1st of May since around 2016. In 2018, they had um, protected action for an uh, industrial dispute in the maritime industry and leveraged that protected action for a rally in March on the 1st of May that year. Um, From there, they've been slowly building the momentum for, no, we actually come out on the 1st of May. It's now supported by the UWU, the ETU, the CFMEU, the MUA and a range of other unions in New South Wales. Um, 
when we had our public meeting, the um, May 1 committee members in New South Wales implored us to um, push forward with this you know, and push through uh, any backlash and um, any resistance. And I do have to say, it ha- the the backlash has been intense. And from a from a political argument perspective, it makes no sense. So there is another. It is certainly not in the interest of workers uh, that there is this much dissent to marching and rallying on the first of May. That's right. You, you'd think that it'd be something that uh, most workers would go, yes, let's march on 1st of May. What's the issue? So just to go back to the May 1st movement, because um, it's actually called the May 1st movement Melbourne, and the one in Sydney is called May, the May 1st movement in Sydney, which really begs the, the question, um, do you see that this is going to be an ongoing collaboration? And is this like the idea that, well, there's Sydney, there's Melbourne and there's other cities too. Well, look, up until this year, up until this year, people on the left have, um, if I can use this language on this show, bitched and moaned in quiet about May Day Committee and not having May Day on the 1st of May. Uh, I appreciate that the, you know, that people are confused and upset and that when push comes to shove, conflict is very, very uncomfortable. But there is momentum in the workers' movement. There is a lot of support for the 1st of May. Yes, May Day Committee has to, has had to call in uh, all of its favours and friends and so on. Uh, I get that. That is what you do when you're surviving. Um, but I think the momentum is there. I think this year is a hard year, but I think we're breaking through. It is important to note that some states do have a public holiday on the 1st of May. And the May 1 movement in recognition and honouring uh, the, the, what we are being told is the reason that um, May Day can't be on the 1st of May, we've taken up the demand of calling for a public holiday. Actually, our comrades in the RTBU will be writing to the Victorian Premier um, about that very demand. Uh, but we are doing that with integrity, which is where if that is the demand, we'll take it up and we will organise around it. Um, but Queensland, for example, has a massive festival on the 1st of May. It is, I, I guess, the best comparison is like a Union Family Day event on the 1st of May. So some states already have that. I think the NT as well. Okay. So uh, so some states already have that. the, the 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 fight is in the states where that's not the case and actually pushing the union movement, which is Workers' Solidarity's objective anyway, pushing the union movement towards a fighting union movement, one that actually confronts the battles in, in front of us head on, actually takes them on rather than running away. Look, and I think um, the fact that uh, there's now this unity between the two May Day committees, uh, that one, well, no, the May, the May first uh, committee, both in Sydney and Melbourne. I think the momentum will will grow, and I do remember now about twenty odd years ago, the MW actually had a big march on May first. Um, one year had twenty thousand people out there, but it never sort of went anywhere, whatever. And there was actually um, another movement called the M first uh, M one movement. 
uh, that went for a few years. So there's been a lot of attempts, and let's hope that this one uh, uh, becomes a, a fighting national movement. I think, uh, you know, in many ways we've got to break out of the of these states' boundaries and actually see that we are Australian, we're workers, well, not just in Australia, really, regionally as, as, as well. So maybe give us those um, times and dates again, Giselle, before so- we, we go. Uh, today we're rallying at 12.30 at Victoria Trade. We're starting at the Trades Hall and we'll be marching through the city. And tomorrow, again, starting at Trades Hall at 1 o'clock. All right, great. Thanks a lot um, for that, Giselle. We'll certainly have report backs from the region about May Day next, uh, next week. Um, I hope you, well, have a happy May Day to everyone. Uh, we'll be back next week. That's all from me, Pierre Morrow. And me, Giselle Hanna. And stay tuned to your favourite community radio station, 3CR Radio, for Palestine Remembered, coming up straight after this uh, announcement. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.